I want to welcome you guys to Our Bop, Our Bop. This is Riddick's Book of Philosophy. My name's Philip Riddick, and this is where I talk about what I want to talk about the way I want to talk about it. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends, family, and loved ones to come in and enjoy my whimsical way of saying things, doing things, and thinking about things. Please hold for a very important message. Hey, everybody. Sooner or later, you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to take a plane, a hotel, or rent a car or something, either because you want to go on a vacation, something that you were waiting for or really wanted to do, or sometimes we have some unfortunate circumstances in our families where we have to travel involuntarily. Either way or the other, if you need to travel, you want to save some money. I am an independent TSA travel savings ambassador for iBoomerang. And I can save you 30 to 70% on your travel. If you send me your first and last name to the following email address, dcboomgetaways at gmail.com. Once again, dcboombuumgetaways at gmail.com. I can send you an absolutely free website, yours personally, that you can use whenever you want and it will save you money. It can save your money whenever you are going away. You might be going away now. You might be going away in the future. This website is yours forever. So once again, if you want to save money traveling 30 to 70%, shoot your first and last name to me at dcboombuumgetaways at gmail.com. All right, all right, all right. I am here. I'm the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> I sure am, y'all. Put your hands together. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> no applause. Just throw money. But I am here, folks. And I have a fantastic guest. He's a friend of mine personally. He's been to my house. He's a friend of mine personally. He's also a friend of mine on YouTube. Has a very, very great YouTube channel. I let him talk about all the ins and outs about his social media. But I'm about to bring him in right now. I have my buddy, my friend. Some of you know him. All of you need to. Ray McKay. Ray Mack. How you doing, sir? Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What's up? My boy Phil is in my Who God in my boot. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yo, Ray Mack, man. Uh, I, like, uh, I always say I love you like cooked food, but you always say something else. We'll get to that because that's the, the uh, focus of the whole podcast, so we're not going to give that away right away. But... um. I'm so glad you're here, man. I appreciate it. You're looking well. I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. All right. All right. So we're just going to get right into these questions. Just going to jump right in there. Uh, Ray McKay, who are you? Where are you from? And what's your background? All right. Um, I'm from Durham, Durham, North Carolina, okay. home of the Duke Blue Devils. I got to put that one out there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The Duke Blue. Say it again. Say it again. Home of the Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> all right. And like I say, I've been here, man. I've been living here all my life since a toddler, whatever the case may be, man. Born and raised. And um, this is like one of the only places in the whole wide world where I would actually live as far as that goes. You know what I mean? Mm. 
And, Why that? Uh, because for the simple fact, man, I'm a country bunkin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and one thing about us country bunkins, man, we know um, one thing in general, and that's hospitality. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So I'm like, if North Carolina can teach you how to be humble and be respectful, this to me is like one of the best places to ever live on planet Earth. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, so, I do. I love North Carolina. Uh, your background? You know, uh, 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 we'll get into employment, but, you know, uh, 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 school, college, uh, uh, streets, hard knocks, what you got? Yeah, I got a little bit of both, school, knowledge, streets, or whatever the case may be. So went to middle school, um, elementary here, and it was called Holloway Street School back in the decades. If we can give our age of who we are right now, then I'll tell you how long that's been since elementary. You know what I'm saying? So middle school, Houghton. Um, middle school here in Durham, North Carolina, which neither one is really existing at this particular point in time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then for high school, um, Durham High, Durham High School. For all my DHS Bulldogs, roof, roof, roof. And one more time, one more time. <laughs> Bulldogs, what's yeah, up? That's yes, right. Lord. And that's, that's it as far as that goes with the educational background. Excellent. All right. Nice, nice. Okay, family. You got what? Wife, kids, pets, girlfriend, whatever. Don't tell yeah. them both. <laughs> I got, I got a beautiful wife, man. Beautiful wife. I've been married to this woman. Going up now, I think it'll be twenty-seven years in January. Congratulations, and, man! Congratulations. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful for what what God has also blessed me with with that one, Phil. You know what I'm saying? A lot of mm-hmm. us men, you can contest to this. You might say that you might have the best that God had to offer. Then I would be the one that would contest with you and say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you wrong," because God gave me the me best. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so, right. And then with the kids, man, I got six grown kids. You know what I'm saying? All have gone and and left the nest. <laughs> Thank you. All have gone and left the nest. <laughs> so, um, so I got um eight grandkids. I got one on the way, which will make eight, and mm-hmm. I'm celebrating him now for the weekend. So we're we're constantly celebrating his arrival within okay. the next few weeks. Nice pets. No dogs, man. I had dogs. I had dogs. I had dogs. Lord have mercy. I had dogs. And I'm thankful right now they ain't got to buy no more dog food. You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? No more pet um, vet visits or nothing like that, man. So now no more pets right now. No more. See, I don't have I don't have any uh, uh, any pets. Let me take that off, guys. Any any, y'all? I'm gonna say this. Those of y'all that are watching, the numbers on the screen. If you want to call in and talk to Ray McKay, you can after we get into this conversation. But uh, I was going to say, I don't have any pets. Uh, one, I don't think anything to live in my house that ain't doing something productive. You yeah. either bringing in some good grades, you cook it, clean it, taking something out. Don't just show up and arf, arf. No, that's not work. You, you're not right. contributing. Right? And I, I'm glad I don't have a dog because I ain't doing dog food. If I get a dog, that thing will have high blood pressure, diabetes, like everybody else in the house. <laughs> hey, I know that's right, Phil. <laughs> you eating what I'm eating. <laughs> that, that's the truth, right? I know, right? <laughs> All right, now, uh, next question. What do you do for a living? What's your, now, don't give away nothing that's going to get you in any trouble. Oh, but your employment, not. employment, your job, your real people job, what's that? It's not, it's not. Well, what I am, man, I'm, I'm a lube tech. You know what I'm saying? If you got a car, your car need to have its oil changed, tires rotated. Right. If you need some type of customer service, someone who would treat your car right, I'm that type of dude. Now, nah, let me stop playing. Anyway, man, I've been doing lube tech, man, for for um, an auto shop now, man. I've been working at this auto shop for 25 plus years. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I do professionally. 
And I've been doing mechanical, um, working in mechanical shops, man, for the past 30, 30 some years. You know, wow. but my current situation, I've been in my job for 25 years. And um, I tell you, man, I don't think there's no other place I would rather go because okay. when you worked at a place that long, you didn't, you didn't um, build up some type of friendship relationship with coworkers and everything yeah. else like that. And plus, you know, the job. So yes, that's exactly. what I've been doing for that. long. All right. Um, how has the pandemic or COVID, whatever you want to call it, how has that affected your employment? Has business been down up the same? Cause I know people ain't driving as much, you know, people being stuck in the house. Has that affected, uh, Man, your, I'm, I'm going to say it, it has, it, it has affected the job and, and home life tremendously. You know what I mean? Oh, what way? At first when, um, and this is at first when it hit, when the pandemic hit, we had to take we we instead of us working a full load loaded week, we worked. You know what I'm saying? And oh, that was like a bit almost broken. trouble by itself. Okay, yeah, you came a little bit broken. Can you All say it right, again, so, Ray? So with the pandemic in the first stages for when it came in and it hit like it did, we had right. experienced some, some time cuts, some days shortage. If that mm-hmm. if you understand, so instead of working like a full um, five day work schedule, you had to now cut it down to a day, you know what I'm saying? Working like three to four days out of the week. Wow. So that, that, when you see your money going from where you was used to for X amount of time to having some shortage in your change, yeah. it has impacted. Not just that, man, the COVID also hit home. You know what I mean? And now at my, at my job, one of the employees have, um, had the COVID tested with the COVID and that right there, my man played a huge part of what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? In the next step or the next stage. I understand completely. All right. All right. Now, now I know, and some of these people listening know, but not everybody know that you are, you are a social media star. (laughs) You the man. (laughs) You are Ray Max, Ray Max Kitchen and Grill. Um, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, Feel forgive me, man, because my oldest son knocking at the door, brother. If I don't get to the door, he'll be knocking till the till man. The door. I, I can enter, I can entertain the crowd till you come back. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. All right, folks. Those of y'all listening and watching, things happen. See, this is a real podcast. Everything's not staged. Shit happens on this show. <laughs> We, we're real people. Let me look at the chat real quick fast. I had uh, moved away from, okay, Daddy Dutch is talking about Ray Mack. Daddy Dutch also says, uh, Phil asked Ray about ooey gooey chicken wings. I will when he gets back. I sure will. Man, I sure will. Good, man. I got trapped. Uh, you, had, you had a quick gap in, gap in your internet. You say you got traffic coming through? Traffic, brother. I mean, my family just keep flowing and going, but this will be the last one right here. I promise you. Oh, it's all good, man. As long as the conversation turns out fantastic. Now, uh, Kent, uh, before I get back to the questions, he says, uh, ask Ray about ooey gooey chicken wings. What's up with ooey gooey chicken wings? My man, Kent. What up, Kent? No good for nothing. This is for you, my brother. Those ooey gooey chicken wings, man, what are you talking about? It's some wings, man, that um we was messing around with on um, – YouTube live one time. Okay. And so I ended up making these chicken wings 
and I use some type of soda pop. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying soda pop for you northerners out there. You know, thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So we use that soda pop, man, as one of the ingredients and um, didn't know what kind of name to call it, whatever the case may be, man. So a lot of people came up with the names. So I think somebody came up with the um, ooey chicken wing. So it was so good anyway, man. I figured, why not call it ooey? You know what I mean? So that's how that came about. And my man Kent, my man Kent will always let you know about those ooey chicken wings. So Kent, <laughs> mad respect to you. Thank you, brother. That's right. so you gotta love Kent. Shameless plug, Daddy Dutch Barbecue on YouTube because he's always in here for every one of my doggone uh, podcasts. So once again, Daddy Dutch Barbecue, uh, Kent. All right. Uh, we were talking about so this is a good segue into YouTube. You being Ray Mac from Ray Mac's Kitchen and Grill. Not gonna do the rest. That's the that's the podcast. Uh, this is your time to shine, man. Talk about all your social media. If you got Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, anything else, let it fly, brother. Uh, you can definitely find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, all under the same name, Ray Mac's Kitchen and Grill. Like That's it. all you have to do is hit either search engine, type in the name, and automatically you'll see the little ugly face or the icon or whatever like that, and then we will connect. So follow me, subscribe to me, whatever the case may be. I also I also have another um internet page. It's called Ray Max Kitchen and Grill, but over there you can get like lists of the ingredients of some of the stuff that I do on YouTube. Nice. All right. So as far as social media goes, that's all I do, and I also have a, tr- a Twitter um, account as well, and it's still up under the same name, Ray Max Kitchen and Grill. Why not just keep it basic? I know, right? Keep it real. Keep it real with Ray Max Kitchen and Grill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, he is a friend of mine. He's also a phenomenal cook, great personality. Um, so please subscribe, leave him some comments, let him know that you, uh, you love him, and he'll, he'll give you some love right back. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to do my freaking commercial spot, and then we're going to come back and get right back into what we actually came here to talk about. You with me, Ray? Yes, sir. All right. Y'all stand by and listen to this. I would like to talk to you about Instacart. What if I told you that you could have local fresh groceries delivered to your front door? You can have multiple deliveries for one small monthly fee. Unlike some other apps or services that want to nickel and dime you all the time. If you don't have that special item that you need to make a special recipe, Instacart in some cases can get that to your house in as fast as one hour. Hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Instacart highlights deals that can help save you money. You can find everything you normally buy and they also suggest things that may be new to you. They pick the freshest produce and also (laughs) keep your eggs safe too. Follow the link in the show notes that lets Instacart know that I sent you. That will not only help the show, but it will also, in this case, give you free delivery on your first, I say again, first order over $35. Instacart, never go out to go grocery shopping again. All right, all right. Got to get the bills paid, baby. Yeah, you know what <laughs> right. Pay the bills, brother. That's right. All right. We're back. We're back. Now, the subject, the reason I brought you in here, my friend, Mm -hmm. is for as long as I've known you and watched you pretty much, you have this saying. It's even part of your your intro to your YouTube channel. And you always say at the beginning and a lot of times at the end, if not every time at the end of one of your broadcasts, not even just a, 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 a YouTube video, but even when you're live. 
Mm-hmm. You say love and not hate. And I love you for it. You always say love and not hate. And that's what I want to talk about. Love and not hate. Because my heart's not as big as yours. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm a vengeful bastard, man. I get mad. And I say just about anything. My filter is not good. Okay. <laughs> I'm positive on the inside. I'm not always positive on the outside. Right, right, right. But... <clears throat> So love and not hate, that's your theme. How did you come up with that? Where did that come from? All right. All right. First, before I even get to that point, I'm going to let you know, man, your heart is huge. If I put a magnifying glass up there and I look through it, your heart is definitely bigger than mine. So I thank you for being who you are as an individual, as a person, and also as a friend as well. Thanks, love sir. and not hate, man. Love and not hate. How I came up with that concept, man, is like when <laughs> it's like when I go to McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? And there's a youngster at the, at the um, counter, and they got to serve me. They always ask me, hey, do you want, like, fries with your drink or a shake or whatever the case may be? And they'll either say yes, they'll say sir or no sir, ma'am or no ma'am or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I give that homage back, that respect to them by saying, asking, sir, thank you for asking, ma'am, but I really appreciate it. No, thank you. But then when you're leaving McDonald's, you find yourself holding the door, you know what I'm saying, for somebody else who don't look like you. You know what I mean? Or it might be vice versa where somebody might hold the door, um, open, you know, hold the door for you and they don't look like you. You know what I'm saying? But when, when you walk okay. out of that restaurant door, you, you enter into a world that's separate. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by that, man, is like in my vision, how I look at everything, man, is like we are culture of people, different diversities. But reality, man, we are one person. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people don't see it like that. A lot of people harbor love in their eyes. A lot of people um, harbor hatred in their eyes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, I got two options to do out of the two. I can either love you or I can either hate you. The thing that I'd rather do, and if I'm going to love you, I want to show you how I can love you, but at the same token, preach it to you. Now, after I preach it to you, you know what I'm saying? It's your job to either find out what love means or find out what hate means. You know what I'm saying? And if you can see something in your heart that's causing you to hate, at least you were trying to find some way, man, of, of, of tearing it down and replacing it with love. So the concept mm. came love and not hate. It came by looking through a scope. You know what I'm saying? And the scope is my own eyeballs. You know what I mean? Okay. Also, okay. man. If I, if I tell somebody love and not hate, I want to live that. You know what I mean? That's that's how that came about, Phil, just by looking through a scope. Okay. Well, let's analyze that a little bit because <clears throat> everyone's scope's a little different. Okay. okay. I'm a type of guy, I everything in me, all my guts tell me that there are more good people on the planet than bad. Mm-hmm. Everything. I have to believe that so that in my brain I can just – I, I got to get that through my head just for me to be able to live comfortably. I have to believe that there's more good people on the planet than bad people. Now, if you're in the United States and you watch the news or social media, blah, blah, there's so much bull crap. You know, the, so, the sensational stuff is always something screwed up. Somebody got shot over here. Somebody beat somebody over there. Some kids missing some school shot. It's always, that's the stuff you see on the news. All right. And if you get inundated with that all the time, you might forget that there's good people around. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I think the way kids are being raised nowadays has something to do with 
uh, 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 definitely has something to do with society. Is there's not a bunch of yes sir, yes ma'am walking around here anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it seems like there's a bunch of kids that are kids, millennials. What? Let me back up. Let me back up. We used to be afraid to be disrespectful. At least my family, and I think the same thing with your family. If you didn't say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you don't get smacked upside. Grandma gonna pop you, and then they gonna smack you upside the head. Your mother gonna get. Wait till your father gets home. That type of stuff. The neighbor will whoop your butt and didn't send you home. Your auntie, your uncle, they wear that butt out and didn't tell your parents that they did it. They call that abuse now. They call that child rearing. Where I came up. That's true. You know, but now there's so much. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's in everybody's business now. Oh, you smacked that child. I'm calling child ser- services. Why don't you smack that shut the hell up and let me raise my kid? You know what I'm saying? Now, that's not hate. But if you don't raise your kid, then you're not, you know what I'm saying? That's not love if you don't raise a kid to be a, a successful, uh, um, productive citizen, I would think. But anyway, mm-hmm. your view? Your view on that? Well, I'm like this right here, Fear. As time progresses, I say this. Um, I'm 48 years old. I'm a 70s baby. You know what okay. I'm saying? I believe my generation was the last of the farming generation. All right. And the re- why I say that is this, right? My grandmother and my grandfather sharecroppers. Before them, they were sharecroppers. When my mom and her siblings had to go to school, I listened to the stories of them saying before they had to go to school, they had to go to the fields to work or whatever the case may be. If you badmouth grandma or granddad or whatever, they're going to tear into your tail. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in the era, man, of if, if my auntie or my uncle had, you know, had had seen me do something that was mischief, it was their job to discipline me. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what Louise said, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. did it. Now, after they didn't discipline, they made they made sure that Louise got the news of why her son <laughs> got a tail whoop. Now, Louise did her job by scolding me again and also taking me and grabbing me by the waistline and tearing that tail up too. You understand what I'm saying? I but you, you're correct. We at a point now, Amanda, where we as adults, because of the new millennials, how they're they're thinking different. And I I can say man, that a lot of this. Has done when when they when they're interacting with the internet and all other kind of social medias or or they letting a lot of stuff sponge into their minds. It changed the way they think. We brought our kids up. I brought my kid up saying I provided for you. I kept you safe. I didn't let you run down the street. You understand what I'm saying? You was with yeah. me at all times. But then when you see them raising. The kids, you be like, hey, why won't you? Why you letting that kid run like that? Grab that kid by the hand, hold that mm-hmm. kid close to you. Take some time with your child. You understand what I'm saying? So as time changes, and we do the best job that we could do for our kids, it's their job to either do two things: pick up the mantle, or become a stronger adult to where you could teach your kids the right things in life. You know what I mean? I agree. Every one of us got a conscious mind, got a conscious, conscious way of thinking. You know wrong from right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, what are the choices that you choose from wrong from right? So I'm agreeing with you on what you're saying. A lot of this yeah. stuff is, is how we are raised tells, now I'm, I'm, I might be wrong on this one now, how we are raised tell where we come from. You know what I mean? 
where we come from. Now, now if I raise my kid the right, it's not my fault. You understand what I'm saying? They mm. just chose that path on their own. You understand? Oh, yeah. After so, they're adults, you're correct. 100%. So I stopped pointing fingers at the parent and saying okay. you should have raised your child properly. You understand? I stopped right. it. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, let me hit the chat real really quick. Did, Nana man. and Papa. Really Nana that. and Papa. Nana and Papa said, Much love to you, family. We love more so we love so much to see you pairing with Ray Mac. Nice. You both are amazing. They also said, Love and not hate. Yes. And they also said, uh, Daddy gonna get you if y'all mess with his lovely girls. He's gonna he's gonna <laughs> love to bust your rear. Yeah, don't <laughs> mess with my family. Uh Robin Meredith, how you doing? Ranger buddy. He said, Rangers lead the way. And we got T-Roy in here. He said, love me some Ray Mack. Hey there, Phil. Love you too, bro. Love you too, T-Roy. Thanks for dropping in, bro. Um, Back on the theme, we, we kind of got off the love and hate thing, but I kind of like which way we're going here. Back on the mm-hmm. theme of child rearing. Here's what I think a lot of the problem is. I think the problem is my interpretation and someone else's interpretation of child rearing aren't the same. But rather than accepting that and I raise mine my way and you raise yours your way, then you got folks that say, oh, well, I don't like what you're doing, so now I'm going to call the police. Or, you know, now I'm going to stick my nose in your business. So now if you have a society, because we're we're so – our society is so much different now than it was before. Now everything is – everyone's so offended by everything, you can't do shit. You can't do anything. Ah, uh, you ate vanilla. You ate vanilla. That means you hate chocolate. No, that just means I didn't eat chocolate today. That don't mean I hate it, you know? And I think that has a lot to do with our society now. Everyone's so offended. And then you got the me too. And you got the everything else going on. Everyone's, I mean, I'm trying not to cuss because I know you don't much, but everybody's fuck with everybody, man. Just leave people alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with how child rearing is. Oh, if I hit the kid, someone might freaking, if I spank my kid, let me throw it sidebar. There's a difference between a spanking and child abuse. There's a mm-hmm. distinct difference from that. All right. If you put a little hurt, put a hurt, put a hurting on the kid enough to let them know that was wrong is one thing. Beating them bloody. You're just a criminal. Now you need to go to jail for that. But I think that has a lot to do the way, with the Amen. way the United States is now. We are so offended by everything, we can't do anything. Awkward silence. <laughs> Your hmm. thoughts? Hey, I'm like this. It's, I believe this, man. There's, there's such thing as called oppression. Oppression is real. You know yes. what I'm saying? And oppression can come, it, it comes in so many shapes, sizes, and forms. Mm-hmm. Oppression doesn't just hit one race of people. It can hit all races of people. It all depends on what's what's oppressing you the most. Okay. There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that, that is under that oppression belt. You understand? Martin Luther King said it best one time when he says that it overweighs us when the foot of oppression is constantly keeping us down. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And if you could think about taking a cinder block, man, and putting your hand upon the center block and just taking that center block and just smashing it up on your hand is going to hurt. You're going to yeah. say, ouch, or you're going to say, boy, I'm 
praises a, a mug for smashing my hand with the center block. You're going to say those two things. But one thing that you're going to feel, you're going to feel pain. No matter right. what you do, you're going to feel pain. So with the with oppression, man, with oppressed people, oppressed people feel pain. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes the way that you can really try to overcome that oppression is by crying out. You see, okay. once you cry out because of the hurt, you know what I mean? Now, somebody hears that cry. The only thing they want, man, is somebody to hear them. If you can hear that person and find out why they're in pain, you understand? Mm -hmm. Now you yeah. got a time where you can listen to, listen to them and also give them a remedy, you understand, of what they could do to try to help with that weight of oppression, man, that's hurting them so much. So I understand, I hear what you're saying. You know what yep. I'm saying? But when we look at, when we look at, all right, here's a good one. I'm, I'm going to divert, I'm going to change the little topic a little bit. I'm going to change the little okay. topic. All right. I was having a conversation today, man, while we was out from, from some chicken out here, like an automobile accident. All right. Okay. And, um, and the first thing that they said, the first thing they said is, they say, who hit them? Who hit them? And this came out of one of the person's mouth. I guarantee you it was one of those um, amigos that hit them and they ain't got no insurance. And yeah. automatically, man, when we listen, when we listen to conversation, when we listen to what people are saying, when we listen to what's coming out of their mouth, then yeah. we'll sit back and we say these words, bruh, we shouldn't say stuff like that. Now, right. if you're the person to where you hear it, coming out of somebody's mouth, no matter how it might be, it's your job still to say, you know, that's kind of like wrong thinking. Because do you know, bro, that if you would have got hit by a black person or a white person, there's still a good chance that neither or will have insurance. You understand? True. But the way that it come out your mouth, you already stereotype every Hispanic that get into a car wreck and assume that they have no insurance at all. You understand? Right. So love and not hate, man, means to me when I say it, it is not directed or geared towards a certain individual or a certain group of people. It's right. geared towards everybody. You understand what I'm saying? If we just listen sometime, if we just listen to the conversations that some people are having that's in our own circle, you know what I mean? And we say to ourselves, dude, you know what you just said ain't right? You just call that brother right there, man, a, a N word, or you just call that person over there a spick, or you just call that person over there. Uh, you understand what I'm getting at? You know yeah, what I mean? I but you, we're in that circle. And See, my now, thing of it is, man, is uh huh. No, you were saying. But like I'm saying, when we when we get into that and we start to feed into that conversation while we're listening, and we yep. add to that conversation while we're listening. And we agreeing with them while we are listening. Some of us yep. really don't even know what love and hate is because we might have so much hate in us that it's, it just overwhelms the love. And we don't see that the hatred or the, the spewing that's coming out of somebody's mouth that ain't even right. Yeah, I agree. So we pacify it. But what you were saying, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking on what you were saying. Someone's saying all kind of bio crap and you hear it and don't say anything. Your silence is agreeing. If you don't say anything to correct it, people are going to assume that you agree with what they're saying if you don't dispute it. 
All right. And I'm going to go back one more, one more subject thing that you mentioned. Then we gonna move on to the next question. You said, if you got your hand out and you hit it with a cinder block and it hurts and you cry out and then you expect someone to help you heal. That's called pain. Oppression is as if you got your hand out here, it gets hit with a cinder block, but someone else won't let you move your hand and it gets hit Mm. again Mm. and it gets hit again because someone won't let you move your hand. That's the oppression. The hitting part is just the damage that's done because you're not allowed to move out of the way of the pain. That's oppression. Good one. Good analogy. Thank man. you, sir. <laughs> Beautiful. Analogy. All right. We're going to move to the next question. <clears throat> Beautiful. What obstacles did you have to overcome with your, I like you know, that. knowing how you are now, what obstacles, oh, a man. funny story about love and not I, hate or something crazy or something yeah. that surprised you? What you got? Here, here, here's the obstacles that I really had to overcome. All right. First one is learning what it means to be a leader and not a follower. That's obstacle number one. And what I mean by that is, man, growing up, me growing up in Durham, North Carolina, and um, I grew up, man, in the projects. You know what I'm saying? I was born and raised in the projects. And like we say, in the projects, man, you'll probably see everything that that possibly went on. You know what I'm saying? But... um, Growing up in the projects, and I don't blame the projects for this. I blame myself. And I blame myself and my weak mind. Okay. I got, man, you know, I, I was out here, man, as a youngster peddling drugs, running around with the with the brothers and stuff, man. And we did some old mischief type of stuff. Not like what they're doing these days out here on these streets as youngins. But we did some serious dirt. But one thing about it, though, man, we kept it clean and cordial. You know what I'm saying? We always try to go to house parties, man, and trying to dance all up on the girls, as many girls as we could possibly <laughs> dance with. But at the same token, man, the only thing that, that we was basically concerned about was the next dollar that we can get so we can go to the uh, mall and buy us a pair of Adidas. You know what I'm saying? Or buy, buy a T-shirt. You know what I mean? It didn't matter what you had on as far as shorts or pants, as long as the shirt matched the shoes. We was mm-hmm. all right. So that's the thing, man, that that they kind of like still taught me how to be a leader instead of a follower because at that time I was following a youngster. You understand what I'm saying? A little mm-hmm. click, a little band of click. And the guys who, the guy who was giving out the orders was younger than me. You got my wow. mom who I'm living with that's paying the bills and everything else. You understand what I'm saying? I can't listen to her because I'm a hard headed kid, but I'm right. willing to go out here and do what this youngster tells me to do out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. Right. So, all that being said, it, the drug game showed us, man, who your true friends is. Out here in these streets, you ain't really got no friends no. as far as the drug game. It's every man for himself or every woman for himself or whoever it is that's out there with their hands on the bag trying to make a, a dirty living. You understand? And you got to watch your back all the time. Hey, man, it, it took me to another level to where I started doing drugs in the whole nine or whatever the case may be. Start, you know, going from the the the, the least drug, the, the smoking marijuana to smoking marijuana and crack, then start just doing crack or whatever the case may be, man. But here's the thing, man. I've mm-hmm. learned something along the way. I learned that God is real. There you so go. At a point in my life, man, God broke me down and he broke me down hard. I had to listen to my mom when I was going through this um 
you know, this thing dealing with drugs. And it hit me so hard, Phil. It hit me so hard. I heard my mom say this thing to me when I was um, quitting at one time. She said, they always told me, I'm looking at the camera. She said, they always told me that you were on drugs. But I didn't say nothing. Wow. But I'm giving you a choice. You either going to choose the drugs or you're going to choose me. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm giving you the gist of my life that's pretty much in my beginnings. And it still taught me what it means to be a leader and not a follower. Because at that particular point in time, man, I said to myself, it's time to step up to the plate. Dude, you got a girlfriend who loves you. You got kids, man, that need to be taken care of. You understand what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. if I continue to do this, my life is going to end up in two places, either jail or hell. So a blessing came out of it. A blessing came out of it, man. And a woman gave us an opportunity to live in a house, which we never lived in, renting at that particular point in time. But we Mm -hmm. was going to move out of the projects, out of the projects. So that balanced me. You feel me? That balanced me. So between the drugs, between the the somewhat of a minimal gang banging type of life, not going out here shooting them up, well, I, that's what got me in trouble. Phil, I'm breaking down <laughs> to you. I understand. I'm just giving you me right now. I'm giving you me because a lot of people don't know who I am as a person, as an individual, as Ray McKay. They that's why we're here. You understand? Let me, let, let me have it. That's why we're here. So, at one point, twenty five years ago, twenty five years ago, I took the initiative, man of going out here defending my baby brother, biological baby brother, out here in the projects before I really moved out and got my life together. He -hmm. approached me, man, saying there was a guy in the the neighborhood who was pretty much messing with him or whatever the case may be. And me being a big brother, the protector, saying that's not going down. I took the initiative, man, of grabbing the gun, Phil, and you grabbed many guns, more guns than me, and shot more guns and cannons than I did and jumped out of more planes than I could ever imagine. I'll never jump out of a plane, but I'm (laughs) being honest. I took a gun with me, man, and put it in my pocket, and I went to go see this dude, confront this dude. He's known to be a notorious drug dealer in the projects, and he's known to carry guns or whatever the case may be, but I took it upon myself to defend my baby brother. You ain't going to mess with him. I ended up approaching this guy, man, and this guy sees me coming. First thing he do is he take off his watch, he take off his shirt, and he's walking towards me. He put his hands in his pocket. Before he put his hands in his pocket, I ended up, man, pulling out a gun, and I started shooting at the guy. First thing they told us in the projects when we was growing up, one of the rules of things, if you're going to pull out any kind of gun, any kind of gat, any type of firearm, you better use it. You better be ready to use it at all times. Yeah. That's the thing that I did, man. I shot the dude, and I was working at Hardy's. If y'all don't know what Hardy's is, Hardy's is old burger place or whatever the case may be here in North Carolina. Good chicken. <laughs> After I shot the dude, Phil, yeah. I put about three to four bullets in the guy. Mm. I ended up, man, leaving the project for a couple of days, but I went back to work. When I went back to work that day, detective came in, and he said, look, are you government name, Phil, government? He say, are you Kim McKay? I say, yes, sir. He say, so I'm a detective for the Durham Police Department. You already know what I'm here for, right? I say, yes, sir. He say, I'm going to be sitting right over here waiting on you until your shift is over with. (laughs) You feel me? He let you finish the shift. (laughs) He let me finish the shift, Phil. And I'm thankful for the guy. You feel me? Matter of fact, the detective that came and arrested me that day, he's living on my street right now as we speak. 
Nice. Right now, as we speak, his name is Detective nice. Faxton. I told every time I ride by there, I tell I blow a horn when he's sitting on the porch. Mm. And I told Detective Faxton uh, many a days, I say, brother, I just want to thank you for saving my life. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for you, I don't think my whole life would be turned around the way that it was. You know what that was, Ray? You know what that was, right? What was that, my brother? That was love and not hate. Yeah, yeah. That is. <clears throat> Even when you're talking about your mother, that was love and not hate. Mm. When you were talking about your kids, they need to be taken care of. That was love and not hate. Everything I know about you, everything you just said is love and not hate, right? That's Except right. for the shooting part. There's a little bit of hate in that. <laughs> hey man. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you that shooting part taught me taught me something though, Phil. Yeah. It taught me something. What's that? The only thing that I've ever got in trouble for in my whole entire life that's on my police record right now. Yes, sir. I'm a felon. Y'all listen to me. Ray Mack is a felon. I'm a lifetime felon. Can't get it off my record, won't never come off my record. There you go. I'm a felon. For any youngster out there right now that's listening to this here podcast, if mm. you want your life saved, do the right thing by not finding yourself in any type of trouble that would cause you to be a felon or get a misdemeanor. Listen to your parents and your adults and you'll be all right. I'll tell you this, though. <clears throat> Being where you are, you know, a lot of people, oh, they're afraid of felons. and yeah, blah, blah, blah. This is what I got to say about a felon. When are you going to take me fishing, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a damn if you're a felon because I, you've been here. We've eaten. We've broken bread. We done drank together. You're my friend. Sometimes you got to go through some bad shit to be into some good shit. You got to put pressure on freaking coal to make a diamond. You're a diamond, right. my friend. That's right, man. Uh, you know, your past is your past. What you've been through. Listen, I'm the friendliest guy in the world, even though I'm very vocal. But if you have seen and done the shit that I've seen and done, <laughs> True that, brother. I ain't in prison because what I was doing was in defense of a country and mm -hmm. it was ugly. All right. We ain't comparing because no one should die for no reason. But Ray, you only got one. We'll leave that alone. Moving to the next question. <laughs> Moving to the next question. All right. Um, all right. Negativity. Mm -hmm. negativity and skeptical people. You see, I try to play off me hitting that wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, negativity and skeptical people. You are a YouTube star. You are a great dude. But there's always those folks. There's always those folks. You can't please everybody. What kind of negative things have you seen, heard, or skeptical people? What have you had to overcome? Man, a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff. Sometimes, man, you could get some positive feedback. You could get some constructive criticism. And you could get some off-the-wall stuff, man, where people talk about your mama. You know what I'm saying? They either talk about your fat fingers or your dirty nails. They either say, man, hey, you don't cook like that. Hey, I'm from Norwegian, and that ain't how we do it. You get all kinds of, you know what I'm saying, comments in the comment sections. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Some can be derogatory. Some can be where other people are soliciting sex or whatever in your comment section. But then when people direct comments straight to you, mm. 
that you know, man, that is just totally outlandish and stupid. You know what I'm saying? I always say, say to myself is, Ray, how are you going to address these comments? Somebody could give you a racial comment or racial slur, or you just as black as a, a, a such and such, and you Negro, or you know what I'm talking about when I say the Negro part, I'm talking oh, about- Oh, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to go home or go back where you come from and all this other kind of stuff. So I learned something, Phil. I always say to myself, man, if you if you feed into all of these negative comments that come at you, and you allow them, you allow those comments to eat at you. And this is how you're going to deal with stuff out here in the real world. You understand what I'm saying? So how do I respond to the negative comments? Thank you so much for checking out this here video. I really appreciate you. That's what <laughs> I say right there, Phil. But inside, I'm talking about your mama, your daddy, your dog, your cat. I'm cussing you out in so many ways on the inside, but you'll never hear me on the outside. See, that's how we're different. Yeah, 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 for real. That's how we're different <laughs> because I'm gonna let it fly, baby. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, we let's get these these comments real quick. We got a. Uh, uh, let me see. Yes, you will. You will see it. I sure will. Somebody. Oh, let me move up to this. All right, CJ talking to Alton, Alton dog father. All right, they're speaking. Speaking. T. Roy says nothing much happening here. Okay, they're speaking. Uh, oh, for those of y'all listening. I'm live and I got a chat section, so I'm addressing the people in the chat as well. For those of y'all that think I'm crazy for talking, calling names that aren't here, that's what I'm doing for the you guys listening to the actual podcast. Uh, Alton, Dogfather Barbecue, shameless plug on YouTube, says, man, when's the book for being released? Uh, Dogfather Barbecue on YouTube. You hear the shameless shit? Anyway, <laughs> man, when y'all go fishing, come get me. <laughs> T-Roy Cooks on YouTube says, that's what I'm saying, Alton. <laughs> and, uh, oh, this is funny. I was saying, Alton is on YouTube as Dogfather Barbecue, but he's also listening. He's commenting on Facebook. Thank you, Alton, man. <laughs> that's what's up, man. <laughs> All right. Um... And Cooking with CJ on YouTube says, love Ray's attitude. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. Now, we've already been talking about philosophies, ideologies, and and things like that. But what drives you? Now, let's let's, let's do some shameless plugs here for Ray Max Kitchen and Grill Mm -hmm. to do the outstanding videos that you do with the hundreds of thousands of subscribers that you do have. What's your drive, man? What pushes you that way? What keeps you going? Right now, man, it's the passion. You know what I'm saying? It's the zeal. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just, man, getting out here in this kitchen, man, just cooking and, and actually just seeing the smiles on people's faces feel yeah. is phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like we say, man, I'm celebrating the birth of my grandson who's going to come. And my, my daughter live in Virginia. Her and her husband, they live in Virginia. They came down for the weekend and we did what we called a little preamp or a little pre-celebration mm-hmm. for the coming of my grandson. And man, we had a ball. When I look at the family and the friends that came around and, you know what I'm saying, I'm telling everybody, look, if you're going to come around here, y'all better practice some safe distancing. You better wear your mask if you're going to wear a mask. If not, then you coming at your own risk. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the thing about it is, man, what keeps me driven or what keeps me going mainly is family for number one. Okay. You know what I mean? And for I just have the love for cooking, man. And not just that, man. It's like an obligation now. I'm obligated to put something out for my YouTube family because I feel if I don't, 
then I'm slacking on my job. You understand what I'm saying? I got so you. That's my, that's my thing right now, man, what keeps me going. My passion and my zeal, my family and the YouTube family. I will stop saying subscribers because they're not. They're YouTube family. There you go. I'm a, I'm a, I got to read this. GE uh, in the chat says, yeah, nah, somebody starts dropping racial slurs. I'm going to be cussing somebody out, and I'm white as hell. <laughs> and I'm going to cuss them out so bad their ancestors finna feel me. And then he says, I don't play that mess, and we ain't finna tolerate that. Thank you, sir. Y'all put your hands together for a pissed off white dude. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't tolerate that yeah. stuff either. <clears throat> all right. All right. Next question. That's funny. <laughs> My man keep it 100. Feel you keep it 100 all the time, brother. <laughs> Next question, man. What advice would you give to I know you've done, we've been doing this on our way to this point, but what mm -hmm. advice would you give to a young person? You did it already, but hone in on that. What advice would you give to a young person in 2020? Love you. Love you first and foremost. You understand? Because you got to get to a point, man. Why I say love you? Because every time you look in the mirror, you got to say to yourself, as a young individual, I am somebody. That's when you got to look in that mirror and say, I am somebody. There's a lot of people out there, man, who would tell you you would never amount to nothing. You would never be anything. You are you just like your daddy. When you look, <laughs> in, the, when you look in the in the mirror, man, look in, your, look in the mirror and see yourself and say these words. I love me. You understand? Once you learn how to love you, there's no problem with you going out here, man, loving somebody else. That means you will learn how to respect your mother. You will learn how to respect your father. Even if yes. your father isn't there, you will still learn how to respect your father. And that means, man, if you respect those two people in your whole entire life, you will be a productive citizen in this here world, which means you will be a, a game changer. You understand? So that's the advice I would give somebody for if they was a youngster growing up. Stay away from the riffraff. If you see somebody that's coming at you, man, that, that's, that you that you know they're trying to cause mischief. They're trying to tell you to do something that ain't right. That's your opportunity, man, of getting away from them people. Mm. Stay in the books. If you can do anything, and I know we got computers right now, man, they're replacing the books and everything else like that, but there's nothing wrong with reading. You understand? Yep. Stay in the books. Learn all that you could possibly learn. You understand? They always say, man, I'm preparing myself for college. Hey, if you, college ain't your thing, go to technical school. Yes. You know what Just do something, man, that's going to be productive and never give up on you. Never nice. give up on you. <clears throat> nice, nice, nice. Next question. What do we got? What is your biggest blooper doing, not just YouTube, doing a live broadcast or a YouTube <laughs> or didn't turn the camera off or some shit? What's your man. biggest blooper that's happened on social media? We still laugh about this right now, dealing with me and my daughter, man. We was doing a hot wing challenge. <laughs> and we bought the hottest wings, man, from um, um, Wingstop. That's what it was, Wingstop. We bought the hottest wings, and we, boy, we ramped up. We hyped ourselves up. We took the camera. We was filming it, man, going into the, the, the wing place, buying the wings. And then we brought them home, <laughs> we set the stuff up, man, and we got the cameras going. Now we recording, you know what I'm saying? We sitting at the table, and her wings is hot. She on fire. I'm sweating, eating the wings. And lo and behold, right behind us, man, my wife comes, and the refrigerator is behind us. 
She got her bonnet on. She got a gown on. She opened up the fridge field and she grabbed the orange juice bottle and she turned the bottle up. You understand? She turned it up and we out here flaming hot lips on fire and everything. We look back. We like, you see, we recording. We recorded, and that was the, that was the, that was a blooper moment for us, a embarrassing moment for us because I couldn't even put the video out. I said, "That's it. That's a wrap. We on fire for nothing." You understand? We on fire hey, for nothing. I know about them hot challenges. I've done my share, but come on, at least, <laughs> hey, at least she had on you know something. She could walk it out the drawers, <laughs> bro. That stays oh. in the house. That's not for everybody to see. I know, right? I know. <laughs> Man, Man, well, we done ran through these questions. <clears throat> we got uh here's a big one and then we'll do the wrap up. Right. If if you were a king for a day, All what right. would or could you do to improve things across the board? King, we you could talk you could talk worldwide, you could talk job, you could talk YouTube. If you were a king for a day, what would you do to improve things? If if I was king for a day, this is what I would do right here. If I was king for a day, I would tell all of the people who are in my kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? I will have all of them to come together in a group. And I'm being for real. If I was king for a day, one day, I would tell everybody to come into a group. And I would tell everybody, man, I don't care what race you are, what sect you are, who you love or who you don't love. I want everybody to grab hands. I want you to form a big, huge circle. Form a big, huge circle. And everybody would be holding hands, forming a big, gigantic circle. First thing I would tell these people, and just like you feel, you served our, um, um, our um, armed forces along with strong women and strong men, you yes. know what I'm saying, who was on the front lines. I would tell them, you understand what I'm saying? We need to be a band of brothers and sisters who cannot be broken. So while we are holding the hands of each other, don't let nobody break the chain. Because it's going to be us who's going to keep us together. If you yeah. look at your brother and your sister on the right, or you look at them on the left, you still got to say to yourself, this is who we are as people. We are one. So let's keep it together. Once we release that, brother, if you got a next door neighbor who needs something, help them out. You understand? Mm -hmm. Don't just leave them out there, man, wanting for something when we're able to help and, and, and to overcome all kind of disasters as a family or a unit. I'm talking about my kingdom. I can't yeah. talk about nobody else's kingdom. I understand. This is, what I would, this is what I would say to my my people. You know what I'm saying? They call them servants. They call them low lives or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I first tell them, I'm you. I don't put myself here. You understand? I have to come to a level to where I can look you in your eye and say, I'm you. We mm. are the same. So that's what I would do as a king for a day. That's man. There should be more people like you, Ray, because I would be different. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> now, here, now, can I ask you that same question? What would I? Okay. <clears throat> if I was king for a day, yeah. everyone in my kingdom would come together. And I would say, hear ye, hear ye, everyone under the sound of my voice. I command you to get buckets naked and fuck somebody because you can't swap liquids and not care about each other. There it is. 
Well, I can see you right now. Your wife got the choke hold on you right now. She going to kick my ass when she hear this. <laughs> you asked the question, Ray. You oh, asked the question. <laughs> That's your kingdom. That's my your kingdom. kingdom. Get buckets naked. <laughs> <laughs> Your son be like, Sire, Sire, they have gotten bucket tea naked. <laughs> and I'll say, and go forth and fuck someone. <laughs> That's terrible. Anyway. Oh, Lord, behold. Well, you said that, though, for real, for real. But hold on. Yeah. What's up? Y'all really going to go out there, man, and use it in Phil's word, man, because, you know, we got to keep it political, politically correct on YouTube. If you're going to go out there and fuck someone, strap up. Oh yeah, strap up, man. You know, don't don't be frivolous. Strap up. Put something on. Uh, you might catch some. Look, something either you can't pronounce or something very easily said. Either way, Boy, ain't that the truth? <laughs> yes, sir. Get the two piece, two piece in the mouth. You walk up in the door and find out you sleep with somebody else's wife. You better watch it now, uh, man. Ain't nothing worse waking up in the morning your nose and your dick running. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You started this. Boy, right. boy. Right. This is the wrap up, folks. My God. We gonna wrap up. I really appreciate you, man. I love you like cooked food. You know I was gonna yeah. say it, man, and I'm so yeah, glad that folks. you came. This was a great conversation. It's gonna be an outstanding podcast, folks. That's what's up. I'm gonna say it again. Ray Max Kitchen and Grill on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure you guys find my friend, subscribe, follow him, and give him some comments. I really appreciate that. What's up? Thank you, Ray, for com- for coming, man. I appreciate. I really would even after the go forth and fucking thing. I still. I, I sorry for that. But anyway, you all right? Cause you be a feel, baby. That's your kingdom. I know, baby. But hey, guys, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Ray, don't go anywhere. But we're about to get out of here, guys. I love you like cook food. Um, tell your friends about this podcast if you enjoyed it. Um, I would really like to grow. Uh, yeah, and that's about it, guys. I am off of here in five. I'm trying to find a button. Hold on. <laughs> there it is. All right, I'm out of here in five, four, three, two, one. Love you like cook food. I said that already. Be safe, be healthy, and if you hear somebody sneeze, run like a motherfucker. We are out of here. Bye bye. <laughs>